Hi everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube. This is the Carpool Critics Podcast. I'm James. I'm David. Riley is a person. Always. And today we're doing the listener Q&A mailbag episode. Woo! <laughs> Spoiler alert! There's Just, no. There's probably no spoilers. Yeah, probably not. Well, but, could, but maybe. You never know. Question one comes from someone who calls himself Ludicrous Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, kind we don't want to laugh. Kind of a redundant name. All redheads are crazy. It sounds like an alias. Uh, LG says, if you guys could live in any movie universe or franchise universe, what would it be and why? Okay, there's a few questions before I can answer that question. Oh. How crazy to- is he? <laughs> <laughs> is it just How the red beard? is Ginger. <laughs> um, I'm with you, Ludacris. I'm, I got the Ginger beard. Daywalker. Um, do you get to choose where you land in this universe? Is it mm. random die? Are you the same person you are now? You just get transported into this universe? I, I would say it is... Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Dang it. Oh, uh, simple, Riley. <laughs> I did think about it. I, I think never. it's random. It's either... It's only fair if it's your same kind of analogous lot in life that you have now. Oh, really? So you're a junker in Tatooine. Uh, or oh. <laughs> or uh, it's a random roll of the dice. So, you know, if you're in the Dune universe, sure, you could be the Pradeshaw Emperor. Or... I probably didn't even say that right. Never said it out loud before. Or <laughs> you you could just be on a random, one of those random planets that I never even talk about. Oh, well, man. I can give my answer. Okay, please. It would be the Star Trek universe. I think that if it's random roll of the dice, that's your best chance of landing in a pretty good spot. It's, that's my answer, human. too. It's, oh, so, it's safe. so safe. Oh. It's the only universe that's just like, it's, it's a, a utopia. Right. If, if, you're, if you spawn on Earth, you just... You're good. We've you can solved all the problems. Food. There's no problems. I guess in the movies, they get attacked on Earth sometimes, but you're pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah, but then the Enterprise comes in, and it's 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 good to go. I mean, I honestly, as as you said that, I was like, yeah, probably Star Trek, because that's cheap. I don't think it should be like the same circumstances that you have. Like, okay, we're gonna be, I'm gonna be a video producer in this yep. in this universe. I want to spawn as Captain Jean Luc Picard's dog on that <laughs> vineyard. <laughs> I think. Okay, look. We all saw it coming. I was gonna say Star Wars because not everyone is force sensitive. But what if you were? You know that would be awesome. I first thought, <laughs> true. I was like, Take I want to do Harry Potter, and then I thought about it more, and I'm like, that'd be so boring. They live the exact same life we do with like a little more spice, but like right. they have regular nine to five jobs. They totally. like rent and mortgage and shit. And like, yeah, that's dumb that actually. Hey? Yeah, it's the Why worst. Why the hell? Well, that's because it's a kids movie, man. IRL, the Muggles wouldn't know that there was magic, and all the magic people would exploit the Muggles. So, the, what if lizard people? In real life, are just magic. <gasps> like Zuckerberg is when Guardian stuff yeah, all what, over the place. What if the lizard people that we know about in real life that are real? Okay, they're not lizards. Yeah, who's the who? We need to find like the four There's, real life analogous persons for like each house in Harry Potter. We're not doing that. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, Slytherin, or is he Ravenclaw? Obviously Slytherin. Yeah, I don't know. He's no, a Hufflepuff. Wait. He's a Hufflepuff man. He's not. Yeah, the one right. Hufflepuff that went bad. I don't know enough about Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Who, okay, Bill Gates is Gryffindor. No, what? Right? What, what? I'd say Ravenclaw. Are we, are we limited to billionaires here? What are we yes, doing? Yes, that's <laughs> what we're talking about. Who? What elites on planet Earth belong to which house? Elon Musk. Which house is Elon Musk in? Okay, honestly, David, I never read the books. All I know is Gryffindor good, Slytherin Oh. Mostly bad, and the other two in the middle, I don't know. So okay, Jeff that's like Bezos. Hufflepuff is for uh, ch- chubby-cheeked people. The, the like in-universe explanation is Hufflepuff is loyalty, Ravenclaw is intelligence, uh, Gryffindor is bravery, and Slytherin is ambition. 
What was the first one? Oh, Hufflepuff that's nice. is, is loyalty. Oh. So I think all of the billionaires are Slytherin yeah. for ambition, <laughs> yeah, They're I all guess. Slytherin. Jeff Bezos is the, is the head, though. He's bald. Looks kind of like Voldemort. Whoa. <laughs> just, take his, just take his nose off. Boom. It's Ray Fiennes with a bald cap. <laughs> and that's all the questions for today. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I want to be in the universe from the um, Lindsay Lohan, The Parent Trap. I want to live in a world where that <laughs> happened. No, that's just nice and wholesome. A wholesome universe. That evil stepmom gets her yeah. just desserts. Yeah. How about the Toy Story universe? Do you think that would be a good one or it's terrifying Creepy. universe? Mm, I don't know. Where you we know were that humans? your toys when you're not looking are... But are you don't around. know. You don't know. In that universe, but, but they you, don't okay, know. You would have an awareness or else it's just our universe. So you Again, have to have an awareness. What if the toys. world we live in... Is the Toy Story your, the, your universe? <laughs> and... The billionaires are in Ravenclaw. <laughs> oh my god! What, is, what does that even mean? <laughs> oh, like there's a Wizarding World. Well, the Wizarding World that's they enchanted how the-, the toys. Oh shit! And also, ten thousand years from now, Dune. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got lots of zany questions like this right after this message from our sponsor. Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, including the greatest ball hair trimmer on the planet, the Lawnmower 3.0. Trust me, guys, this thing is the real deal. My balls are as smooth as eggs. Well, <laughs> how? <laughs> I didn't need to know. This thing has a ceramic blade, a 7,000 RPM quiet stroke motor, and even an LED light so that you can see what you're doing. And it works on my face too. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CARPOOL at manscaped.com. After you wash it. We're also brought to you by, you hope so, Private Internet Access, PIA. It's a VPN that helps you hide your true IP address so you can bypass geo restrictions and censorship. You can connect up to five devices at once and it includes an internet kill switch. No! If your VPN gets disconnected involuntarily. PIA is available for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and even has a Chrome extension, so check it out at lmg.gg slash carpoolpia. Carpoolpia! <laughs> this question comes from Adam Gott. Gotcha. He says, I was thinking it'd be cool to hear about your worst movie watching experience. Not necessarily because of the movie, but because of the environment it was watched in. I.e. with a girl who just dumped you or a 17-inch laptop. <laughs> well, according to you guys, every time I watch a movie, it's the worst movie watching experience. It would I, be. I watch my movies on a 17-inch laptop. Currently, we'll talk more about that later, but... I don't have an immediate answer to this question, but I David do. does. I definitely do. Before that, though, Adam got I would have used E.G. rather than I.E. in your question, but that's just... Uh... <laughs> oh, he got you good. And I'm I... the pretentious one. <laughs> God, has, God has been God. Showed you up, David. <laughs> uh, what happened? Tell us your trauma. So I had two stories that I was going between, and they're very similar, but kind of opposite in a weird way. But in seventh grade, I was the coolest kid. All the girls liked me. And this one girl in wait wait older. wait were you one of those dudes who had all girlfriends only girlfriends I didn't have any dude friends it all changed the next year so all the girls liked you as a friend uh whatever it doesn't matter well I didn't um, have any girlfriends so <laughs> it all, yeah it all went downhill after that no girls liked me I was um, not in any friend zones <laughs> I was but, hated well there was a girl in the older grade that liked me and was like very aggressive about like. <laughs> trying to be my girlfriend and I always found it weird and creepy but one time she asked me to a movie uh and she asked me to go see the grudge with her and I oh, do not like horror movies and I was younger I was scared. to this day to this day I don't like horror movies in general like now it's just more just a dislike I don't find them particularly great but when I was younger I was too scared to watch horror movies so we went to the movie theater 
I hope this ends in urine. We're watching the movie and it starts and the scary bit starts happening and I had to cover my eyes. I was sitting there and I had to literally cover my eyes, not watch the movie the whole time. She never talked to me again after that. Oh, oh wow. I just felt so And disgusting. while you were covering your eyes there, you were like, oh no, she's not going to like me. It was okay. I didn't Wait, really like her back. So did it was you, oh, fine. Yeah, you didn't but I, I, for years when I was still a coward, I would retell that story as I put I covered my eyes on purpose to try and make her not like me, but it's just not true. Oh. oh. And now you're opening up. I'm opening up. This You've is been it. enlightened. When I was a coward. When I didn't know who I <laughs> back, was. Back in the dark times. <laughs> back in David's act one. I was one. so scared. <laughs> Same thing <laughs> happened. I was at like a, a friend's house and there was me and three girls and we were they wanted to watch The Exorcist and they put on The Exorcist and I had to go to the bathroom and like sit in the bathroom for like an hour because I was too scared. Oh no. <laughs> I had to just like not watch. And they didn't, <laughs> they, they weren't out there laughing at you. Yeah, they were. They were? Oh, of course they were. You're oh. like, oh, what the fuck is he doing? Sorry, That's girls. Diarrhea. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. You gets just me. come out and just, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had massive diarrhea. <laughs> I was so, so scared. That works every time. Please don't make fun of me for the other thing. One time uh, when I was in high school and I worked at the movie theater, me and my buddy went to Lord of War starring Nicolas Cage. Okay. Pretty close to opening night. It was very full. Is that the one about the uh, gun? Arms dealer. Arms dealing. Right? Yeah. Uh, we sat in the front section, not the front row, but front section. It was packed. There was this dude beside me. I don't know what was going on with this guy, man. It was probably like every like six seconds, he would kind of, kind of cough. Like, <clears throat> <clears throat> just like clearing his throat. Wait, is your worst movie watching experience just going to be the fact that like this guy ruined the movie for you by making little noises the whole time? Dude. Sorry, continue. This was very frequent. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, it is. Very frequent. I can't. I have problems sensory gating. Okay, I have that. If, if you get twenty three in me, it, yeah. one of the genetic things it says, like it's, it'll tell you, like, do you have wet or dry earwax? Yeah. Do you, does your pee smell when you have asparagus? Right. And one of the genetic things is, is are you annoyed by the sound of people chewing? I have this. That's so funny, James. I, dude, I once had to leave a restaurant. Like I, I switched wait, tables so wait, once. I was right. Yeah, <laughs> I switched tables once because this guy was eating so lo- loudly. I had to go to the other side of the like fast food restaurant. It was awful. What anyway, so this guy is coughing beside me or clearing his throat, and for all I know, he has like a like a, a tick, condition. Yeah. All right, I couldn't take it anymore. This is probably goes on for half an hour, and I'm not kidding when I tell you this is like every five or six seconds. Okay. And I had like a big gulp, like the largest size, like a Kool Aid, because <laughs> it was free because I worked there. Oh. And I offered the guy a drink. I was like, hey, are you okay, dude? Do you need a drink? And he stopped. He's, oh. he, de- he denied the drink and ceased to cough for the remainder of the what movie. The? Interesting. So he was he just didn't even know that he was disrupting or anything. Like. Well, what we don't know is, was oh. he dying with anxiety for the remainder? To this day. Oh, was yeah. he just like... <laughs> well, you know, like, have you ever have you ever had to cough, but you, like, really, you need to keep quiet, so you, like, do a little bit of a, like, kind of a, in the back of your throat? Sure. So maybe he was trying to do that. I like to think that he was just, like, a stinky old man, just the... He just, was an old, he was an old guy. No, he was probably, like, 40 or something, but I was, like, 15. So. Right, right, right. So that's an old man. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're gonna be old men in 10 years. That kind of reminds me, one time I was at the theater with my girlfriend, and I'm a loud laugher, you can, sure you hear it in your ears all the time. My girlfriend's also a loud laugher. And we're watching a comedy, and in the middle, the person in front of us turns around and is like, hey, stop laughing so loud. <laughs> what should I have done? Guaranteed do. white person. Yeah, no, yeah, I guess it was. Um, no, wait a second, it thickens. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would maybe just say like, oh, do? sorry, and then just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> just point and laugh at them. <laughs> 
That was so or lost. go louder. Oh man. Um so I have a horrible, horrible, horrible memory. And so a lot of these questions when it's like, what is your craziest memory of this thing? I'm just not gonna be able to answer very well. But I have like a very vague sort of recollection of something where it was like, maybe maybe the worst. Cause I I don't have, I don't know. I'm, maybe I made it up. I'm a pretty easygoing <laughs> guy and I've had like, I, I've had a pretty privileged life, I guess. So I don't think I've had like too many instances where I can be like, oh, it was just horrible, you know? So like, I think the 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 worst. I don't even remember the details, but it involves Goldmember, the Austin Powers movie. Hell yeah! And people from my school. <laughs> I watched it. I think people from my school. <laughs> <Enough> said. <laughs> yeah, people from my school organized like a movie night, and you know when you're like, oh man, we're all part of this one group, and like we're all doing this thing together. But then like part of the group splinters off and does their own thing, and you're left with the rest of them, and you you got crazy FOMO. So anyways, I heard that we were going to go see Goldmember. Something got changed, and then I went and saw this other movie. I don't even remember what movie it was because it was so traumatizing, okay, uh, with like three or four other people that I didn't really, that weren't really even my friends. And so then we come out of the movie, and at the same time, a huge group of other kids who are like, who are my friends are in and amongst, they come out of Goldmember, and I'm like, What? You guys went and saw Goldmember. And then, of course, it's like, I'm not going to see Goldmember. That was a cool movie to see at that time, I guess. Oh, uh, you got picked last that day. Yep, yep. Did you ever? Have you ever seen Goldmember since? I think I've seen it. I don't even remember. You would remember. I don't know if I have. You ever snuck into a movie? I just remember the guy The guy eats his skin. Yeah. Mm, I like a good one. Gold. I have never snuck into a movie because I am a golden boy. Okay, for some reason, multiple people asked us about fighting bears. Uh, Alex Burton <laughs> says, if you had an infinite amount of respawns, were locked in a room with a bear, and the only way to escape would be to kill the said bear, how would you kill it? How many tries do you think it would take? So it's basically Edge of Tomorrow, but instead of aliens, it's a bear in an enclosed space. Is the bear resetting every time, or do you... Like, do you Carry over damage every life. No, I, I think he. I think carry every, over damage. Everything resets, so you have yeah. to assume that fatigue resets. Okay. The thing that I wonder though is like, does your mental fatigue reset? Because like, I think it would take a lot of iterations, like maybe eighty to two hundred, if you ever even make it. Yeah. And if I'm at two hundred, am I like, ah, it's my two hundredth try? Because in Edge of Tomorrow, even that character gets a little frustrated. Yeah. Right? And how much time do you have to like settle in every time you reset? Is it like? And then, yeah, like, you're, you're fighting, in. or yeah. do you like, is he on the other side of the room and he hasn't seen you, and you can kind of figure it out? I think that makes it more interesting. So, oh, let's do that. so many of the, yeah, there's so many variables though. Because if it's just like a small room, you and a grizzly bear, it's not much you can do. Like, my my number one strategy would probably be to try and get on its back and choke hold it. Oh my god, I think there's too much like meat. I don't think they're well, the jugglers. Uh, what else are you gonna enough. do? I, so I read a story. This is unverifiable and probably not true, but I read a story. It was a guy who came across a family that was being attacked by a bear, and it was a grizzly bear, so it's aggressive. You're kind of fucked. Um, but the grizzly got the best best of him and had him like halfway down his throat. What? Uh, and so his arm was like being bitten off, and he managed to ha- bite the the bear in the neck and killed it. He severed the jugular and killed the bear. And he's like, he lost his arm and it was like basically dead. And the, there was people there to get him help, so he survived. But he ended up biting the jugular. What? I have heard, actually. That's insane. When I was in university in an anthropology class, uh, our anth teacher, who was a pretty bad MF, he had been to Mexico, been shot at and stuff, <laughs> while digging up bones, you know. He, oh, man. He was pretty cool. Regular Indiana Jones. He, uh... <laughs> 
told me this unsubstantiated story of a fella he had met, met an indigenous First Nations Canadian fella who had these giant scars down his back, like oh. like the scratches you get in Fable. You ever play Fable? Oh, yeah. After you fight that werewolf, you get those scars on your back. Anyway, he had these huge claw marks on his back, and apparently he had fought and killed a bear. Uh, I think he he like, pinned it against something and um, basically hugged it and had bit it at its neck until he chewed through it. Wait, so that's the way to kill bears? Bite at the skin. neck? Apparently. You hit it here. You want to survive? That seems like a lot of flesh to get through. Man. I mean, this is two anecdotes. It's, it seems like it's the evidence is piling up. There's I think, that guy in Quebec who punched one in the nose. I think that's probably a good way. Your, your hands aren't going to do much damage. We're not Maybe ta- like ripping the eye, like gouging the eyes out. Yeah, but then he's just blind. Yeah, but that's, that's a pretty big advantage. Yeah, but you got to kill. You got to like, kill it. Do you think any kind of like arm bar, any kind of like bending its paw the wrong way and like breaking its limb, like any kind of jujitsu would work? I think yeah, like an Americana. You'd be so such different Kimura. types of leverage because yeah. their joints are so different. Where like what you'd expect to hurt on a human would just be like yeah, and you just pull you back. Well, you got lots of iterations. And That's also, true, if they're anything like cats, you know, they're basically just snakes with with uh, yeah. with uh, with limbs. Yeah. What about the butthole, <laughs> you <laughs> gentlemen? I have something to propose. Have we considered the butthole? Seriously, <laughs> seriously, well, it's the farthest from the face. The the claws yeah. don't go that but way. But how do you get around there? Well, it depends on the starting point, I guess. Yeah, if you have baseball the slide, of surprise. you run at it and baseball slide. <laughs> Captain Falcon over there. <laughs> Fuckers! <laughs> the bear is just like what? <laughs> what is this? Falcon donkey punch. One of the extensions of that question was which of us would be the most likely to survive. Mm. Well, it's a, this is from a different person. Uh, which of you would be most likely to win a fight with the bear from the Revenant? I like how that's a specific, like, that bear is like, he's a badass bear. Most bears? Who knows? Well, it actually, it does change the question because now it's like one of us is just in a random, like, one chance fight with a bear. Like, with iterations, we just, maybe it takes Riley a thousand and it takes David five. Who knows? But with this situation, wow. we could all just die or maybe one of us is the most likely to you live. You know, lanky think- people have more strength than you think based on looking at them because our muscles are longer, so they look skinnier, but really they have just leverage, as much mass. Leverage works against you, though. RF or it works theta. with me. <laughs> leverage is my ally. Okay, so I think if it's one tried, none of us make it. We all, we're all dead. But yeah, but who's who, most likely? Who's most likely? Sorry, Riley. It's I not think me. it's between me or James. No, <laughs> wow, screw you guys. I actually think it's David. I just feel like he's got. Who's got reach though? Yeah. <laughs> so shut is up. It a dunk contest. <laughs> I just think David has the most like fight to live in him. I think I also weigh the most too. Like I could also I could wow. see. Riley's ready. To I'm die. learning a lot about how I come across. Like if there's. Do you a think I'm a nice sh- guy because I say good morning every day? No, it's because I want to live. I could kill a bear. But okay, if there's a sinking <laughs> ship. All right. If you're in a ship, it's like sinking. You're filling with water, and there's like one little cubby hole to get out of. I could actually see David like stepping on the only part of a woman's face that's above water, so he could get out. But Turn Riley's just gonna hold his breath and give a thumbs up to everybody and hold their hands and just <laughs> we're going down together. Yeah, Riley has spiritual peace. I'm not ready to die. This is so funny. And this also oh, applies man. to Linus. I've always thought Linus had that same thing. See, but this is what's great about these questions that none of us know. You know, we don't know how we would actually react in that real situation. I'd curl up in a ball. Because I come alive. Let me tell you. <laughs> I have stubbornness, as my as my tomato story proved. That stubbornness translates to the will to live. No, Bear, you will not eat me. Nope. Not nope. today. I think I would keep Never! fighting. 
I would keep fighting no. until I literally like died. died. Yeah. Dylan Peter says, "What would you rate Riley out of 10? <laughs> 11. In, 11 his, yeah. in his capacity to fight bears. Eleven out. Of, yeah, I was gonna say eleven. Eleven out of ten, yeah. guys. Are you just saying that because I got upset just now? You know what? I take back my Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Wait, that took you that long oh, to get back, man? man. No, I was just I was just dealing with the ramifications there, <laughs> and I stress ramifications. <laughs> hey, next question comes from Bonfire Thirty Fifty Two. We'd love to hear more about each of your home theater setups, and Ooh. kind of an expansion on that is what's the minimum kind of viable watching experience that you'll tolerate? What's good enough? A TV, a laptop, it has to be the movie theater. See, I'm excited to talk about this one because I took a lot of crap from you guys for my 17 inch laptop, which I currently watch movies on. And here's, and here's why, okay? I moved out of my parents' house in 2012, at which time I think I was 24, and I never bought a TV. Like, I, I've, I've never purchased a TV, and be, because I was like, why do I need one? I have a computer, I got a laptop, that's, that's what I watch my stuff on, that's what I play my games on. What, what do you need a TV for? So then I got married in 2014, and... That's insane. We, you lived... You went from your parents' house to married in two years? Well, we were dating for four. Wow. You never had a roommate? I had a roommate for a year and a half. Oh, okay. In that little period there? Yeah. Okay. Just squeezed it in. Because hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I got I to live to outside. I experience everything really <laughs> fast. I have to have it. Um, yeah. We never, I never got a TV. So I was like, so, so since I've been married, my wife and I, we watch movies on... Uh, her 27-inch iMac because the sound is pretty good. And when you put it on a coffee table right in front of you, I mean, Okay, so what's the pretty what viewing decent... distance are we talking here? Four Whoa. feet? Yeah, something like that. Three, three, four feet. So it's like, not bad. Okay, and the sound on the iMac was good. But since we moved to the place that we're in now, we haven't really had a good setup where we can put put the iMac on. So... It's just been, all right, we're going to watch something. I'm just going to pull my laptop out. And so it's a temporary measure. Guys, I'm going to buy a TV in like a month, okay? I'm waiting for sales. But that's my home theater setup, okay? It's an LG Gram 17. The speakers are horrible. Oh. Sometimes I connect a Bluetooth speaker for like a little bit extra something. And you know what? The, the, the speakers are downward firing. So if you actually, if I put my phone under one of the speakers, it bounces back and it really amplifies. It's a really oh, wow. nice experience. You should try a Pete's box. <laughs> um, now to go to the minimum casual platform. You guys have just been so silent this whole time. You're <laughs> judging me so hard. But here's the deal. The, okay, I'm going to get into this. Somebody emailed us at carpocriticspodcast at gmail.com. The subject line of this email is true cinema. Did you see this? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I saw this one. <laughs> the subject line is true cinema, and it's from Daniel DeGeorgis. And he attached a picture of him watching Blade Runner 2049 on his iPod Classic. God bless you. The one with the click wheel. God bless you. And the, the, the text says, fuck you. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049 on the iPod. Oh, what a gem. Now, this man knows that movies are an art form that you can appreciate in any form. I'll admit this. When I went to Vegas uh, for work or LA or something, 
and I was on the plane and I needed to catch up because I wanted to watch Infinity War before Endgame. So then I had to watch all the like requisite movies the, that I had to see. Yeah. And one of them was Age of Ultron. I put it on my phone, Android phone, easy to get stuff on. Thank you very much. <laughs> put it on my phone, watched it on the plane, headphones in the phone. Totally not bad. I will agree with you, Riley. Whatever platform you have to watch the movies is good enough. Great. I End of discussion. No, it's not. It's just beginning. <laughs> We're just starting. I fell in love with movies, and I first decided that I wanted to go to film school watching Saving Private Ryan and Godfather 2 on an iPod video. Hell yeah. That was like, I was I couldn't really buy those movies at that time, so I'd pirate it, download it to my video, and I would just watch movies, and I would, it'd be in my bed. And I remember like being so pumped at the end of Saving Private Ryan when like the planes come and like yeah. looking back I'm like how did I enjoy that I had like stupid earbuds and like a tiny little three inch screen Yeah, but it doesn't matter the I can audio, enjoy a movie anywhere the well, audio is really important and you yeah. just bring that tiny screen closer to your face yeah. what I was what I was gonna say that I forgot to say earlier was that to me the most important part of your watching video movie watching experience is the audio Yeah, because you can be watching it on a, like a bad screen and it looks horrible but if the audio is like good it's like, it's way more immersive. Totally. Like I would much rather have a 17 inch laptop or even a 15 or 13 inch laptop. Whoa. Let's not get crazy here. Whoa. <laughs> I would rather have that with like a good sound setup, like a good speaker or something, than a 77 inch TV, crisp visuals, HDR, local dimming, and like okay speakers. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends what you define as okay, okay speakers. The, the, I don't know. The, the well, point where they intersect is... Well, yeah, yeah. No, obviously that's the best, but I'm saying if you had to pick one of these extremes, the one oh, with the yeah. good audio... Dude, the other week, we went, we like rented this cabin at Cultus Lake. Yeah. Sounds like a good time, everyone. I'm privileged AF. It was raining, okay? <laughs> it sucked. It was so, so rainy that we, ended up, we turned on the TV. Anyway, we finally got on to watching some stand-up. Comedian I never seen before. We put him on. Within five minutes, everyone's just talking. We're talking amongst ourselves, and no one cares about this comedian. Mm. And I honestly think it's because his voice sounded th- so thin and not yeah. commanding right. because it was coming out of this cr- these crappy onboard like flat panel TV speakers, no soundbar, no nothing. That was across the room and brutal. If somebody had watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine on like this really bad setup, let's say like a fifteen inch laptop with bad speakers, okay, would you tell them? If they were like, wow, Blade Runner 2049, good movie, would you take their opinion seriously? Or if they re- if they watched it that way and said, ah, wasn't that good? Look, you can enjoy the movie just by reading the screenplay. Uh-huh. That's only a part of the movie. So if I like the movie and you didn't, well, then that TV you watched on sucked. But if oh. I like the movie and you did, eh, it doesn't matter that it was an iPod. It was good enough. Okay, okay, interesting. Neither of us described our setups yet, though, David. Okay. Oh. Well, what I use is... Vizio Quantum X. That's the high end. That's Vizio. the highest end Vizio. It's an LED, uh, sixty-five inch. I have. And it's full array local dimming, right? Yes. Um, I use like a mid-range Sony receiver. That's seven point two, but I only have five point one set up. Uh, but I plan on getting Atmos fairly soon. Oh, you do? Yeah. Sick. Do you have to get a new receiver? Yeah. Cool. I have a. Um, I don't have Atmos. I have a sixty-five inch OLED C six. Uh, I have a Marantz, one of their like N series, like slimmer profile receivers. Right now it's 5.0 setup. Uh, I only actually own 3.0 speakers, but I borrowed two from uh, two surround speakers from work. They're um, Klipsch RP 600s or something. They're big enough to be like the front firing speakers <laughs> in my room. 
Like they're huge, but I actually have like towers of um, Klipsch like reference Premiere series. What are they called? Like 800 M's or something. They're pretty badass. The sound of my living room is fucking sick. I love it. Uh, I don't have a dedicated sub, but those towers each have two eight inch like diaphragms on them. So it's like, it's a lot for that room. And um, I'm happy to say that everything in my setup is not brand new. I bought none of it from the box. Nice. All of it's either on like Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, or uh, like an uh, auction liquidation sites where I got the TV because it has a small scratch on it. It's a dope setup, and you don't need to be a consumer whore to get it. Sweet. Hell yeah. Also, I have an NVIDIA Shield with like fast enough internet to do 4K remixes, so... Suck that, it, Riley. You should come over one day. That sounds so cool, guys. When Riley comes over, what uh, <laughs> what snacks should he bring? Oh, yeah. What snacks? I just you... like fell asleep for a second while you guys talked <laughs> you just, through all of those. Just glazed over. <laughs> I don't have a sub, but actually... <laughs> James Limo Limo also asked, what's your go-to movie snack food drink? Mine is definitely buttered popcorn with caramel M&Ms mixed in. It is the best. And the, the next world? time you're allowed to go to a theater... Get it. Pack what are it, caramel pack M&M's? M&M's with caramel instead of like peanut butter? Have you ever had like That's the like peanut butter? That's like a flavor. What color is the bag? Blue? That's the pretzel one. I'm not sure what color. It's a color. <laughs> <laughs> Get the caramel one, put it in. Dang. Make sure it's buttered. It is like the most delectable, <laughs> delicious snack. It's like Chicago mix where it's David. savory and sweet. Is it, Ugh, is it possible so you've thought they were caramel the whole time, but they were actually pretzels? <laughs> Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Man, I love these caramel. <laughs> <laughs> They're so crunchy. <laughs> Riley, do you have a snack? Oh, whatever's available, man. Yeah, I don't really care either. I, I do some uh, do some sour candies. Oh, you're a candy guy. Go to go to is like a watermelon slice type of thing, or fuzzy peaches. That's all right. But I also love popcorn, I'd white ra- cheddar. Yeah, I'd way rather have milk duds or something. I like a chocolate kind of guy. See, I don't like I don't like the super heavy stuff. I feel like sour candy is a good in between between chocolate and popcorn. So like sour, ca- yeah, because chocolate's heavy; it sits in your stomach. Yeah. And popcorn is so light, you don't even realize that you ate a whole bag and a half already. I don't sour know. Sour candy's right in the middle. <laughs> sour candy's right in the middle where it's just like, it doesn't sit in your stomach like a lump, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got some substance. What about sharing? Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, she eats popcorn one piece at a time. Oh, yeah. And I do the technique where I put as much of my hand as possible, shove it into my face and just wipe my hand around until it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good one. We're incompatible. I just kind of hold the bag in the middle. We both go for it. Okay, moving on. Ken says, literally just in quotes, character development, dot, dot, dot. Explain the scenes in your life that you feel defined you. I'm going to have the lamest answer to this, so you guys go first. (laughs) Uh, Me, it's two. It's the opening scene of a goofy movie when Max <laughs> is... It's scenes in your life. Yes. It's not actual Oh, wait, movies. what? I thought it was movie scenes. No, you're saying the scenes in your life. No, like that's I, not a scene. That's different. That's what I got. I'm it. answering it the way I want to answer it, and uh, it's I mean, goofy movie, Max <laughs> singing about his personal plights, and that shaped my idea of manhood and what was cool. Oh, wow. Sure wait, did. which, which I, song is I, that? I used to really like that. They've been laughing since I can remember. Oh! But they're not gonna laugh, laugh anymore. anymore. No more goof of the week. No more did did anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was actually pretty sick, you guys. That was awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna answer this uh, question the way Ken intended. And uh, my answer is a montage, a training montage, where I'm like five or six. Mm-hmm. And at this time, my dad had custody of me, but he worked away, so I lived on like a 
acreage with my in a trailer with my grandparents in Alberta in a random town. I was oh, homeschooled and shit. And my I, my dad and me are both like really extroverty. Right. You know how I am. But my <laughs> grandpa, who was actually he was like a not a blood grandpa, so he was just completely different from everybody else. Uh, his he, name. He is, turned into a grandpa this is, uh, on a full moon. <laughs> Blood grandpa. <laughs> he was like really quiet, soft spoken, patient guy. Yeah. And he was just trying to beat the impulsive idiot out of me. Mm. And so the training montage is him like teaching me how to shoot my pellet gun and chop wood. Oh man. And not get frustrated and like this is awesome. and just take my time and do things slowly. Nice. Dude, you're so taking me there. Shout out to Grandpa Reg. He wore flannel and old man hats. And my daughter, Reggie, is named after him. Oh That's what? That's pretty cool. See, you I know wish what? you would have said that when you first told me your name was Reggie. What? What did you say You're when you like, first <laughs> heard it? <laughs> really? <laughs> Some people have said that. I re- well, no, I remember you telling me that. I'm like, oh, what'd you end up naming or whatever? And you're like, Reggie. I was like... <laughs> your name's Riley. <laughs> well, Riley's a unisex name. We you don't have to have include this. Sex. We don't have no, to include this. To this is a real this. moment. But so, like now, I co- I completely respect that. That's awesome. That's I should have so been cool. like her name is Reginald. <laughs> it's just Reggie. Reginald Featherworth the third. There's a Ooh. picture of him in my, in my stairwell that perfectly encapsulates his personality. I think it's him. Uh, he has just cut a cake for somebody's birthday. Yeah. And he's got the he's holding up the knife with that has cake on it, and he's very carefully as to not make a mistake or cut himself. Wipe the cake off the knife so that he can taste it. And I think that's Ooh. just perfect, you know? Yeah. He's like, it's okay. You can do this. Just be careful, but enjoy the cake. That's awesome. He's got the sweet tooth. I want to see this so, montage, man. Rest that's... in peace, Grandpa Reg. Oh, dang. Yeah. I want to see that montage, man. That'd Back be... to the goofy movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> Getting crazy. Okay. I was going to say movie scenes, too, but I guess I'll say I guess I'll say a real scene that only just popped into my head now. Um, it's Oh, man. It's not even good, though. When I was like four or five, my parents kept me at the kitchen table for five hours. And this is true. I asked them about it. They're like, yep, it was like five hours. We sat at the kitchen table because I would ref- I refused to eat a tomato. I was like, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to try it. I don't. It looks disgusting. I don't want it. And they were like, you have to try it. You have, you're not leaving until you try it. And I cried and I screamed and I had huge tantrum. But five hours, we sat at the table, and then finally, I tried the tomato, and they were like, what do you think? And I was like, it's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I hated tomatoes when I was a kid. That was too much. This is actually a legit slow clap for your parents. That's that's (laughs) That's badass. Um, But the movie scenes I was going to pick were Return of the Jedi, when Luke Skywalker throws away his lightsaber, and he says, no, I won't turn to the dark side, never. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. That's number one. And number two, Sam carrying Frodo up the mountain. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Do the impression again. I might not be able to carry you, Mr. Frodo. Yeah, but, but. But I can carry you. <laughs> Give me another Lord of the Rings impersonation. Gandalf, do Gandalf. <laughs> do the erotic Sam, Gandalf. There will come a time when you'll have to carry Frodo up the mountain. Ah! <laughs> what, what does he say when he... When he wants to give him the ring. Don't! Don't tempt me, Frodo! No! Ah! <laughs> Not a conjurer of cheap tricks! <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, if uh. we're going to be in this kind of mushy mode, let's go to si- Simon Vetter's question. When you cry while watching a movie, is it because something sad happened or because something was touching in a good way, like when something good happens to a troubled character? And as a corollary to that, Angel writes in, what movie made you really cry from the heart when you first saw it? And would it still make you cry if you rewatched it now? What pulls on your heartstrings in a movie, Riley? Have you cried in a movie ever? Oh, yeah. I'm a weeper. I've, I I cried. I mean, not cried, but like I teared up a little bit at the end of Onward, and that movie isn't even that touching. Yeah. It's a little touching. What, what movie? Like- my dad My dad cries in like every uh-huh. movie. And like when we're even having like a family gathering and he like... He'll make like a little speech and be like, "Hey, it's nice to have everybody here. Thanks for coming, everybody." He'll like tear up a oh, little bit doing sweet. that. I mean, so does Linus. <laughs> Every Christmas. So party. it's like that's my future. So like I'm, I'm getting there already. That's I'm like starting to be a little weepy in movies for like for no reason. Not even not for no reason, but you know. What's the movie that made you cry the hardest, though? Oh God, I didn't think about this. Do you know? I remember the first movie. That Do you made know me which cry. made me cry the hardest? Pay it forward. Oh yeah. When Haley Joel Osment gets stabbed. And you're like, this is too much. Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I was probably like eight or nine. Like that was sh- shocking. Because he was like the main character of that movie from my perspective as a kid. And he gets stabbed by the bully kid, and you're like. And then it's actually at the end when there's like the funeral procession and everyone's there and they light the candles and then the Sarah McLaughlin song plays, I think, in my head at least. Uh, that movie gets me. But my answer is definitely Iron Giant. Oh. Every time. Friggin' the Superman scene when he's like, I go, you stay. And he flies up and he closes his eyes and he's like, Superman. <laughs> and he blows up with the nuke. Never I'm, saw that movie. But what? No. <laughs> I have it tattooed saw, on my back. I saw it like a long time. I should rewatch it at some point. I think I've only seen it once like when I was a kid. First movie I ever cried in was similar age to you. I don't know if people have seen this movie or like this movie. It was a Kevin Costner movie called A Perfect World. Have you even heard of this movie? No. It was my grandma used to have this like double door little cabinet full of VHSs, and it was just in there, so I watched it. Uh, it's a movie about this like um, guy who breaks out of jail. Him and this other dude break out of a jail, and they're on the run from the cops. And I don't even know why, but for some reason, they take this kid with them. I don't know if they break into a lady's house or, or what, but they take this kid. This kid doesn't have a dad or something. And they take the kid along with them on the journey. And throughout the road trip they're on, they kind of just like teach him. Oh, he's a Jehovah's Witness and he's not allowed to do stuff. Oh, he's not yeah. allowed to do Halloween, right. for example. Or- so Kevin Costner's like, what? You've never done Halloween? We're doing Halloween. <laughs> and like they go and they steal like a costume, like they make a ghost Casper the ghost costume for him. And then nice. they just like go trick or treating, but it's not Halloween. But, you know, he's a criminal with a gun. So he's like, just give the guy some candy. Like he just like <laughs> he forces all these child experiences. Oh, that's But then nice. at the end of the movie, spoiler alert. The cops all show up. Oh. Uh, they're in the middle of the field. He's got his like hands up and he's on his knees. No! And there's a sniper with him in his sights. And the kid is there and they're like, come on, son, come back. Come to the cops. Leave this guy alone. Yeah. And he's really emotional. The kid's crying. And then Kevin Costner's like, wait. And he reaches back in his pocket to oh. grab this like artifact we had been introduced to early in the movie, which is like a postcard that was sentimental. Oh, no. And he pulls it out to give the postcard to the kid. And no! They waste them. Oh. It, it was, I remember watching this, and it was like, I've never felt this emotion before while seeing a movie. Oh, my gosh. And the, and the credits roll pretty quick after that, I think. And yeah. I remember just still, like, just kneeling in front of the TV, just, like, still crying <laughs> as the credits roll. Just oh, like, that's no. not right. That's unjust. <laughs> it was so sad. I'm going to become a lawyer. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's the day I decided to. Um, Yeah, so that's interesting. So you would say that you cry because sad? Sorry, I didn't realize that that was the question. So you cry because sad things happen, or you did Um, in that instance. I don't cry in many movies. Like, Pixar movies never made me cry, probably never will. What about Moana? No. Hold on, let me... I cry in Moana. Where? I've seen it like four or five times. Where do you cry? I've crossed the horizon to find you. I know your name. Okay, what's the so what's the emotion behind that song that makes you cry? Um, the emotion be, that makes me cry in, in all movies is like mel- melancholy, bittersweetness. Moana doesn't really have bittersweetness. So, oh, it does a little bit. It's it's when something is being set right, or there is some sort of familial or or friendship brotherhood connection that is being forged or reforged mm. or reconnected there's like a there's a reconciliation aspect mm. so have you guys seen moana of course no the the, the it's it's based on uh polynesian. Paci- polynesian mythology and stuff so like the the goddess that created their whole deal uh is like benevolent and nice but then the heart of Tafiti, her name is Tafiti, the heart is stolen away. And then the whole movie is the quest to return the heart of Tafiti to this island, which is supposed to heal the, the sickness that is afflicting the whole region. And so they bring the heart of Tafiti back, but there's a big fire monster in the way, and they are trying to fight the fire monster, and it turns out that, no, the fu- spoiler alert for Moana, <laughs> the fire monster is Tafiti, and so they realize that, and then they have to bring the heart of Tafiti and put it into the fire monster's heart, and the fire monster kind of like lets down its guard for a second, and then they have that moment, and then the the fire monster turns back, it turns back into Tafiti, and that's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's moment. like there's so many metaphors there. Yeah. It's like people like learning from their mistakes, and like you're you haven't been acting like yourself because you forgot yourself. You gotta and take like, care of the planet. Oh yeah, that that, that is stuff, a really good moment. That stuff makes me cry. For me, there's, there's never sadness. Any bad thing or sad thing that's happening in a movie, never cried once. It's always about good things. For me, there's two things. Uh, I watched Kramer versus Kramer the other night, and it's the same kind of deal. There's like divorced parents, and there's this little boy caught in the mix. I think something to do with children, particularly little boys mm. and their parents, and divorces and stuff seems to get because I was like getting emotional with Kramer versus Kramer. Just not fair, you know. <laughs> um, and then this is weird and involuntary, uh, but hyper success, especially when mixed with nationalism, can make me just randomly and very suddenly have tears like during the olympics if i watch somebody win a gold in olympics i like get welled up like i'm like i could cry really i don't i don't don't, it doesn't happen but like i have to be like it's like it it, it gets you emotionally it's really weird that's Hmm. so funny i don't care at all about that i don't know what it is i think it just it must go down to my own inadequacies (laughs) you know what i mean it must go down to your own like oh yeah i could have done that if i had achieved something in my life yeah it must be something like that i i think that i think that my thing comes from i've always had like anxieties about my family staying healthy and together i don't know i i would have like i would freak out when we would go on skiing trips because we're on a mountain and I would hear all these stories about people getting lost in the mountain in the in the wilderness, and then they'd have to go find them with choppers, and they wouldn't find them. Sometimes they'd be frozen stiff, and I'd be like, "Everyone, stay!" When we're going down on the runs, I'm like, "Don't go too far ahead." I would be the guy in the family who's like, "Please, everyone, stay together." I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, that wouldn't make me cry, but if one of them won a gold, 
I think for me, how I would describe it is it's heroic sacrifice is what gets me. Mm. Like in uh, Inside Out, when Bing Bong sacrifices his own escape to help uh, Joy get out, yeah. makes me cry every time. Or like Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy, when he sacrifices his life to create a bubble for them to be protected. Oh, he yeah. gives that like, why are you doing this? We are Groot. <laughs> oh, I'll cry every time. Yeah, that's a good moment. That stuff is what always makes me cry. So it's always Dang. heroic sacrifice. We we all have like different uh, things that yeah. really get at us. Reconciliation, gold medals, heroic sacrifice, <laughs> injustice. Well, I think we'll, we'll give injustice. injustice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Interesting. James, do you still have quails? And if so, how are they? Oh. Asks Owen Harrington. Thanks, Owen Harrington. Owen Harrington. <laughs> oh, thanks, Owen Harrington. Uh, yeah, uh, we still got the quails. I should say my wife has the quails. I don't do anything for these quails. Um, they're good. There's only five left. Started with 25. Been picking them off, huh? Well, no, we started with them as chicks because we wanted them to like imprint on us. Right. So then that meant that we couldn't sex them. So then it turned out that like 10 of them were males. Those went to my other buddy. They ate them. So then we had, I guess, 15 females. A um, couple of them died. Like now, they're like three years old, or they're two and a half years old. They lived till three. Oh. One of them flew off the balcony. Oh, jeez! It just we were. We Are they an it. invasive species? No. Okay. But it, no, it died right on the pavement, like down below. I had oh. to go scoop it off the road and oh. put it in a dumpster. Man, jeez! They can't fly. No, they can like flap. Like they can go like I'm scared and flap like ten feet. <laughs> they can go. I'm scared. We had the door to the cage open. Me and my wife both had our faces in the cage, like interacting with them. Yeah. There's like probably a six inch hole above my head, and it just went just right in a diagonal oh beeline over our heads. And um, I live in a loft with two yeah. two balconies, so it went off the first balcony. The balcony below is wider, so I thought, please God, maybe it landed on that yeah, balcony. Yeah. It didn't. It overshot that one as well. So I run down to the lower balcony. I look over. I don't see it at first. I'm looking around, looking around. Then I look at middle of the road. I'm pretty sure that's it. I go down there with a garbage bag. I look around. I'm like, there's got to be someone in town here. Because I live on oh, a busy street. There's like restaurants and stuff there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's got to be someone just enjoying a coffee who just saw this like foul <laughs> fall from the sky and just like... <laughs> <laughs> and then this guy walks out oh, and no. like flip-flops, looks around and bags it up. <laughs> I can get like 45 cents for this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's so sad. And actually, that was sad because I went into my building's garbage room and like peeled back the bag. You know when you pick up dog poo? Yeah. Like you use your hand in a bag like that? I kind of had done that. And then I went to the garbage room and, and peeled it back to like look at the quail's <sighs> little face. And he was still warm in my hand. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh I could have eaten you. Yeah. And then I just like, I know, kind of spun the bag and, <laughs> and then let it rip into yeah. the... In- <laughs> See ya! Hits the dumpster wall. <laughs> Bing! Swish. Oh Backboard in. God. I'm just Get joking. Em. No, I didn't do that. I gently chucked oh. it. <laughs> gently chucked it. Oh, man. So Justin Haynes asks, what are all of your educational backgrounds, if any? If any. (laughs) I'm not educated at all. (laughs) Thanks, Justin. And he also asked, what did all three of you want to do prior to working at LMG? But that kind of goes into it. I was pretty close to being a city planner for a while there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, You took city planning. I I got a degree in geography. Geography. Then I applied to a couple, actually just two master's programs for city planning. Oh, wow. And... um, the one was UBC, and they only accept, like, eight people? No, no. City planners are an elite. 
Both really the programs, cool. I've, I've, I applied to UBC and McGill, and they both accept like 30 people. And in the case of UBC, Dang. the previous year, they had only accepted eight people who had just come straight from university. Anyway, so I was like hedging my bets. So I also applied to BCIT, which is a technical school in right. our province. I ended up going there for GIS, which is not city planning. Because I thought, if I'm going to fail and not get into the program I want, I don't want to be in a lesser program. I'd rather just be in a different program. So, City planning. I'm actually so glad I'm not a city planner. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. like thinking about you and you're like very analytical. You like, you know, laying things out and organizing things. I'm like... I love mixed-use communities. <laughs> I do. What is that? I don't even know what that means. Oh, well, you know how in Canada, because we have Fordism, we have cars and lots of space, uh-huh. uh, we have like big tracts of land that are houses, and you get in your car and you drive to anything you need, Yeah, because there's like clusters, there's nodes of like of commercial and then a bunch of residential oh, suburbs. As opposed to like... Living in a building where the bottom two floors are like shops, and then above that is residential, so then you just walk, you have a walkable neighborhood and everything. You like don't need the, to even own a car. Like in the dystopian novel High Rise. Or the building I live in, sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Cool. What, about you, what about you, Riley? Um, I have a psychology degree from SFU. The big FU. That's right. And I could have had a... I have I have everything you need for a biology minor. I was originally going to do a biology major until I realized that you also have to take chemistry and physics and math. And I was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I just watch movies. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, turns out I'm not a scientist. I mean, like, I, I thought biology was really cool. Anyways, I got, I went for a minor instead, but then I didn't actually get the certification for the bio minor because my GPA was too low. Ah. <laughs> I, I, I spent seven years at SFU. Uh, seven years? Taking my sweet time. <laughs> Being 24, living I, at home. Yeah. I mean, I was living at home. I was working as a lifeguard in the meantime. So, like, I was doing, I was fine. I was Important chilling. work. I, I was in no rush to leave university. I was like, this is fine. I had my future wife already. <laughs> yeah, well, I met her when I was at... She had a 27-inch iMac. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> We're good. Um, I mean, the thing that I was kind of looking at is going into clinical uh, practice. I was, after I finished my psychology degree, I was maybe going to, that was one of the options I was looking at. Being like a, a clinical psychologist. People want to know more about your voice acting career. Yes. But it turns out that I'm not smart enough to do any of that stuff. So Voice acting or voice clinical acting. psychology. <laughs> my, dad, my dad is a professional voice actor. It's been like his main job for my entire childhood. And well, since I was a certain age, I don't know. He, he, his career kicked off at a certain point. Um, so he really helped me. He, you know, it was like a, it was like a foot in the door for me to get into the industry. I kind of got in on with his agency. So I've had a few gigs. I've been auditioning for things since like 2010, 11. So it takes a long time. I've gotten like, gotten two or three like big cartoons and then like a few animes and like, uh, radio commercials and stuff. But it's like very much in the back burner. I'm lucky enough to work at LMG where Linus is like super chill when I'm like, hey, I'm going to be like a little bit late for this. I'm going to make it up on this other day. But, you know, I have to go in to do an audition or something. And he's like totally cool. What's it like growing up in a house where there's four boys and then a voice actor dad? Because I imagine when I have a bunch of kids, I'm just, you know. Yeah. All right, everyone at the dinner table tonight, Scottish accent oh, night. No, for sure. Well, it, it wouldn't be that organized. It would just be like he would just like yell something in an accent, and then we'd all like repeat it, and then you'd have four boys screaming in a Scottish accent for no reason. 
And it's also more Your poor mother. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I do it as much anymore, but certainly growing up I would like lapse into a certain accent in order to say something particular. If I'm like wincing at something, it's like, ooh, I don't know about that. You know, and you'd like do a voice uh in the midst of regular conversation. That's more like it w- what it was like. It wasn't like organized, hmm. but yeah. Anyways, hmm. we all know David's a film expert. Yeah. I went to film school for two years. I have a diploma. Uh, I was planning on doing the four-year degree, and then I had a spiritual awakening in the middle of school. dropped <laughs> out and pursued spiritual things. Oh, heck yeah, for a church. Kind of went back to music. But what really what I want to do, uh, and I still want to do, is make movies. Uh, I want to transition that and make a video game at some point. Oh, uh, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. W- how do you... Tr- you can start Hold with... On. Uh, Shouldn't you pick one? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think like I dream of making a movie and maybe a couple movies, but then being brought in to be kind of a creative consultant or a creative idea person for a video game. Like Guillermo del Toro was brought in like seven different times for different games that never ended up coming out. Um, but something like that where you're like, okay, I'm Guillermo del Toro. I want to come in. I have ideas. Uh, I don't necessarily know how to do all the programming or the design, but I have these ideas that I want to work with you on and make that happen. I wonder what, what it would be like if someone designed uh, a universe that was meant to be completely integrated across different media. So like we th- we thought of this idea and there's a movie aspect and a video game aspect. And the fact that one's not an afterthought of the other, one's not based on the other, they're both the idea from the beginning. If so, that would change the experience of the movie or the video game. There, there have been things like that. Uh, Defiance was a TV show. It was like a sci-fi TV show, and it was designed from the ground up to be launched with this video game, also called Defiance. And uh, they both take place in the same universe. There's characters across them. But um, I feel like every time that happens, it just doesn't uh, doesn't work out. Defiance never really... It's just like too ambitious. Yeah. Well, and it's hard too because like TV shows, movies, and video games all have different gestation periods where like once they're green lit, lit, a movie is like 18 months, two years. A video game is like four, like three to four years. Like I'm not sure how long a TV show is. And so like to time it right would be so hard unless you have like it really planned out where you're like, okay, we'll do the movie first and then that'll get us the funding so we can do like the next two parallel things. It's possible, but it seems really hard. Yeah. And I think inevitably resources get split. So you like either put more effort into the TV show or less effort into the game or vice versa. Exactly. Felix K says you're stranded on a desert island. You get all the movies that an actor of your choice has worked on. Who would you pick? Christopher Lee. What? Okay, so you get, some, you get some Star Wars, Star Wars you get and you get Lord of the Rings. Rings. Oh, that's actually a pretty that's a That's hacks, a really good answer. Hacks pick. Dang, dude. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, this. neither do I. Let's I move on. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read this out just because I like the guy's name. Tug Hutchins. <laughs> it actually says Tug Hutchins from Spokane, Washington. <laughs> like there's other <laughs> Tutchins around here. <laughs> hey, Tug Hutchins. That's not how they speak in Washington. Tug Hutchins. Tug Hutchins from Spokane. <laughs> that's not how they speak he in says, Washington. He uh, says, keeping sorry. the car in carpool, what would you be your guys' dream cars? I'm um, sorry to say, bro. 
Uh, none of us care about cars. <laughs> I Wait, care. David cares about cars a little bit. Uh, I my favorite car is the Aston Martin V8 Vantage, the 1979 one, which that's is dumb though. Featured in James Bond, exactly, and will be featured in the next James <laughs> okay, Bond. Okay, you don't care about cars. You care about I James care about Bond. Aston Martins <laughs> because they're in James Bond. Angel writes in. She asks, "Who's your biggest movie character crush, male and female? Like a typical female crush and a male character that you'd like to be?" Well, Angel, we're gonna flip that. We're going to subvert your expectations. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to... Because it's funnier if it's uh, who's a male that you'd like to be with and a female character that you'd like to be. I don't know, man. I, I'm going to go with um, Patrick Bateman, American Psycho. No! Just for the sex. What? Just Ew. for... <laughs> I hate you it's so much. Chop your head off in the yeah. middle of it. Well, whatever, <laughs> middle man. Of the night. I'm a nihilist. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. You can't think of a female character you want to be? How dare you? <laughs> it's so easy for me. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's who I want to be. Yeah. It's also who I want to be with, but also who God, I want to be. God, when I was a kid, I had the hugest kid boner for her. Oh, I didn't even understand what a boner was, and I loved her. First one. Yep. David, you have to say the other end of the equation. Yeah. Oh, who I want to be with? Hook. Oh, it's so easy. No, it's Captain America. Oh, okay. Easy. <laughs> That's like the ultimate. But for he's like, American. But he's no. not the, so wait, the bad this, parts of America. Is this a crush? Like, because I'm I'm thinking way too hard about this. Is this like a crush where you want to like settle down with him, or is it like, oh, you just want to have a hookup? What or is something? it? Fuck, Mary, kill. Let's just do all three. No, I can't do. I'm trying to think of one. Mary, Mary, Captain America. Fuck, Cap Patrick Bateman, <laughs> and then uh, who kill. You, who do you kill, Riley? Uh, Chris Tucker in the Fifth Element. <laughs> oh my! Come in! Come on! Come on! Come on! Oh my goodness. Oh, I thought I had a good one. Hermione? How I look up to Hermione. How you want to be that? Hermione? Sure. She's smart. She punches she's Malfoy. The, she's the true hero of that freaking franchise. She saves the day every time. Harry Potter saves the day, but it's just because he's lucky. Her, you, Hermione succeeds because she's smart and she actually prepares. Are you prepares. a Ravenclaw, Riley? I know who your she's male crush is. She's a Gryffindor, dude. Are you a Ravenclaw? You think intelligence is what saves the day in the Harry Potter universe? Not well, holding your values? And I, I don't think that's what... You're, man, this is a loaded question. So mad at you. <laughs> Dude, I know who you want to be with. You want to marry Samwise Gamgee. Oh, that's a good one. That's not bad, actually. Think of the taters he'd make you. Ooh, I do love taters. <laughs> a brace of conies. There's only one way to cook a brace of conies. That's what he says, right? Doru asks, you guys said you can play instruments. Could you give us more details? Any recordings we can listen to? I'll go first because it's the easiest. Uh... I'm James. I play guitar, Ford chord strummer level campfire guitar. That's all you need. Not very good. I've, really? I've been playing since like 2013 and probably haven't like gotten better for the last like four years. But that's kind of what happens in adulthood, you know? It's not time. When you're, when you're young, you learn so quickly. If I had picked up when I was like 14 and just yeah. six hours a day or something like that, no responsibilities, so good. You'd be playing with John Mayer Trio right now. I'd be pa Pino Palladino on bass. <laughs> I actually got a guitar when I was young because I was best friends with someone who played guitar. Oh, yeah. And he was like, for Christmas, you should get a bass and then we can like have a band. Oh. And I was like, I don't know what a bass is, but I'm going to ask for that. <laughs> and then for Christmas, I got a guitar, which actually makes total sense if you're a parent. Right. Um, but I was like, that's not a bass. And then I just never learned it. There are You can play bass lines with a regular guitar. No so. one told me. <laughs> Didn't know. Also, I was never put in lessons or anything. Any recordings? Uh, not that have been shared, but every sometimes. But we could share some. Uh, uh, sometimes I'll like plug in the monitor so I can. I like singing more than guitar. Right. I learned guitar so I could sing. I was been in a band before as a singer. 
but I sucked. I think you told me. I think you told me that you play guitar when we first met, and then, or at some point, whatever. But uh, when we had the uh, workation, and there was like a fire, and you you pulled out the guitar and you started singing these songs. You started playing and singing at the same time. I was like, oh dang, <laughs> James, a singer songwriter here. Well, the thing is, um, I have a close friend who's really good at singing, and every time that we're in a situation where like at a party or something and yep. he sings, there's always someone, usually a girl who goes, I really like your voice when he's done. Oh my God. And that has never happened to me. <laughs> so that's how I know that I, I'm not a good singer. Well, it's fine. I heard you. Thank you. Yeah. At workation. Yeah. I heard, I didn't know you played guitar. No one there was like, you're a good singer. <laughs> no. Okay, no one's going to say you're a good singer. People do it all the time. I witnessed it. Yeah, but that, that girl probably liked him or whatever. She, did, she did after you heard him sing. <laughs> David? Yeah, I play yeah, a little bit. I play instruments. Been playing piano since I was like five. Uh, I picked up guitar later. Did drums since grade seven. Uh, got pretty into that. Uh, I kind of have a pretty good ability to pick up instruments. Mm. Uh there is recordings of me. I don't really want people listening to them because it's all Christian stuff. <laughs> uh, there's lots of Christian music that I've wrote and performed. Hey man, there's some good Christian music. The like, <sighs> Dude, you just switch the name Jesus for the word baby. Yeah, and yeah. then go to market. Uh, I did like <laughs> we did music videos of the church that I worked at. Some of them were covers and stuff. And like, wait, I'm you are in Christian music videos? You guys want to see one? Yes. Waking up knowing there's a reason. All my dreams come alive Life is for living With you I've made my decision Oh, that's you singing! And I made this music video Oh my god, you did everything Is that you? Is that that guy? Yeah, that's me With a shaved head? Yeah Weird Okay, the mix seems pretty good I mean, I'm only hearing That's a cover of a bigger song Nice Um, But Dang, dude It's embarrassing There's like recordings of me playing piano solos Or like paired up with like Some professional uh, other mus- musicians at the Queenie. Uh, if you really want to find it, I don't remember what year it is, but it'd be Coastal Church uh, Christmas celebration or something. So yeah, David stands. Hunt that stuff down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Top that, Riley. Oh, I can't top that. But I, I took piano lessons also from when I was. I don't know. I don't know how old I was, but my grandma was like a very, very strict German piano teacher. So every time she came over, she would like make sure that we had practiced or whatever, and we never did. So we always disappointed her. Sorry, Oma. But uh, um, yeah, I took piano lessons up until like grade eight. You said you did grade 10, right? I So I should clarify. I went up to grade 10. I never did the grade 10 exam. Oh. So I, did, I finished okay. grade nine and with the theory and the history. So and you the, have grade 10 as much as I have a bio minor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're, we're figures together. Yeah. Uh, piano lessons, I played uh, clarinet and then baritone saxophone in high school and you have a brother named barrett i do so <laughs> the instrument that sounds like so him. never thought about that uh baritone sax i played drums and stuff i also played on like the worship team at my church yeah. like you went to church oh heck yeah yeah, yeah. My, my entire childhood heck yeah H-E yeah double hockey my, stick. my family my family would go up and play all together so like my dad was playing guitar uh i never learned guitar which was sad but i played uh, piano and drums and occasionally we put up a tin whistle. Have you what? seen those little really? Irish little Irish cool. whistles? Oh my god! Yeah, man, this is so cute. Yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> that was honestly like, but it was like it was, it was a great opportunity to like learn music and play it every week and like kind of pop because like a lot of those like Christian songs like they are very like 
four chordy and we'll just pop from four years ago happening now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so that was my whole deal. Yeah. Played played drums and piano and saxophone. That's my whole deal. Oh, and I was in a band. Sorry, that's where we were leading. I've completely forgot. I was in a band called Gideon's Hill. Oh, do you have any music for us? I definitely do. Yes. Oh man, this is not even the good recording because it's the live show. We actually we won Sounds a like battle. Pretty good, though. We won a battle of the band, so we won uh, cool. the opportunity to record an EP. So we actually like, got to go to a studio and like that's awesome and like record an EP. So I don't know where it, I think I have the CD at home, but like I don't have a CD player. So like that's too bad. Anyways, yeah, I was in a band. Sweet band. It sounds pretty <laughs> cool, man. What did you guys think of each other when you first met? Oh man. I thought Riley was pretty much the same as I think he is now. <laughs> James, though. What? So me and James worked at a gym before we worked here together. That's how we first met. Isn't that weird? Yeah. We worked somewhere else together. Yeah, but I thought that was... That's how we knew each other. Yeah. He was more friends with my girlfriends at that point, because I thought he was the biggest kiss ass I've ever met in my entire life. So we're working oh. in this fucking basement gym. The owner is like a big weirdo loser uh, that I don't like for many reasons, but... One of the first times I had a conversation with James, he was like having this deep plan on like how to make the gym successful. And you were like, yeah, but also, yeah. Okay. First of all, we disagree on who worked there first. I worked there first. I was pretty damn sure I worked there first, I worked there dude. First. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> guys, I worked there before both of you. And then the, that was the kind of job where only one person worked at a time. And so the next person would come in and you kind of just hand off to them. Right. And so his girlfriend would come in. So it's like a chicken or the egg situation. What I'm getting at is like <laughs> at the beginning of every, every month, like people's payments would bounce because they change credit cards or something like that. So you have this list of people whose memberships didn't like um, automatically renew. Oh, okay. And you're supposed to call all those people and like leave a message like, hey, did you get a new credit card? Or like what happened? And then just follow up on yeah. it. Where's my money? So I would actually do that. Cause I, and then his girlfriend would come in for the afternoon shift. And one time I was like, hey, I, I made it through. Like I made a spreadsheet of the people who were outstanding and I got like halfway through it. And so here's the remainder. If you can just like do those, uh, that's it. And she was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. Oh, why not? Because <laughs> for a lot, of, a lot of people who work there, it's just like, man, I work here so that I can like do X while I get paid. Right, right, right. You know, right. like I'm, exactly. a, I'm a personal trainer and like I just, I train my clients here and then I also pick up shifts at the front yeah. desk. Or like I'm a programmer or right. I'm a writer and I'm writing my book here, you know, while it's I'm also, on shift. It's also kind of like a confrontational thing to do, you know. I can understand somebody not wanting to like call up people and be oh, like, yeah, hey, your payment expired. Yeah, I never did it. And it's like, give if us they, your money, dude. Well, no one ever did it. No one ever did shit. No. Nobody ever did it shit. It wasn't there. good enough pay. It was garbage job. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, it was exactly what you said. I did it so that I could have paid hours doing other work. And I would just do photo Man, editing work awesome. or anything, anything else. That was kind of like lifeguarding at the outdoor pools. What, what what was this question? What, so David I'm, thought I'm I was a keener. David yeah, thought I was a keener, a keener because I was the only one there who did his job. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the only Whoa. one. I wasn't the only one. James. Recommend them that. James, you know what you sound like right now? A keener. <laughs> but it was for my own self-interest. One time, a guy screwed me. I was supposed to be off. You can be a keener in your own self-interest. I was supposed to be off at noon. This guy's, I called, this guy's like 1220. I'm like, dude, where are you? He's like, 
I didn't know it was supposed to work today. I thought so and so was supposed to work today. And that's because the schedule was just a piece of paper on the wall. Uh, I made it into a Google Sheet and shared it everybody. I'm like, look, now you can see it on your phone. <laughs> yeah, that was a good change. Don't screw me over anymore. Nerd. One time there was one time David was working out. I, I think this is before you worked there. He was working out. He was pretty strong back then. He was using the squat. Back then. I would have killed a bear for sure. <laughs> David was jacked before, man. Oh, Handstand sure. push-ups and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And uh, he was doing squats. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, can I work in with you? Because the squat racks were all full. And he was like, no. <laughs> he was like, sorry. Well, and I, it made sense. You're doing like 30-second rests or something. Okay, You're doing yeah, some yeah. kind of pyramid. Oh, and I was like, gosh. fair. But I didn't like expect me. that. Usually people say okay. yes. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll go. Uh, time such. We did get along pretty quickly. I feel like we started talking about like philosophy and stuff. That's because you didn't have a car, so I drove you. That's right. I drove you to work like right off the bat. The carpool. Yeah, it was you and me first. First carpool, and then Lloyd, Lloyd and then David. Wow. David, I will say, when I first met you, seemed like a super nice guy, and it was fine until we started talking about the Last Jedi. <laughs> I remember that car and ride that was, where I was like, was are they pretty, mad? That was pretty early on, right? Yeah, that was probably, like we had known each other for like maybe a month or two. Yeah. And that so that was like one of the early like defining things, I feel like. And that at that point I was like, oh man, this yeah. guy he's got his head <laughs> screwed on wrong. <laughs> we, had to make, we had to make a rule in the carpool. There was no last Jedi talk but, for a while. But you know, we we got we got over it. Yeah, we kind of found that that middle ground totally. of like, hey, okay, I'll admit that Last Jedi was a good movie outside of Star Wars, and you admitted that it's a bad Star Wars movie. It's a bad Star Wars movie. And then yeah, there was that, a point where I would just yell, "No Star Wars!" and I would <laughs> yeah. just turn up the music. And I was like, "Ah, come on, <laughs> no." Yeah. And finally, Jonathan Kievers asks, "Who do you think usually wins the debates?" Okay. Wins the show. I don't like to think of the show in terms of winning. I win. James wins every show. <laughs> <laughs> Just sits there impassively. That's why I'm at the head of the table. That's right. It's also the butt at the table. I think the audience is at the head of the table. You're at the other end. I feel like I feel like I do a pretty good job because this is my this is my this is my objective every time is to like take differing opinions and find the middle ground. You know, like in the fountain mm -hmm. that we were at each other's throats. <laughs> they never thought we would podcast again. <laughs> at the end, I was kind of like, okay, I can see why you don't like it. And you were like, I can see why you enjoy it. And that, you know, that's, that's the end goal. I feel like I don't, I don't, I'm not looking to be right. First and foremost, I'm just trying to look, trying to, yeah. I trying think to we, find the middle we, ground. We trade where like, we all make good points and I think we're good at, Admitting when the other person has made a salient point and mm. admitting. I don't know. You're pretty headstrong. I'm thinking. No. I'm trying. To <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking back to like the carpool when we actually had way more debates. Right. Because the car was a bit of a safe space, so we went a little crazier. That's than, true. Than we do on on air here. You and don't want to hear like, us just arguing. I, I think Riley is pretty good at bringing forward points that I haven't considered and articulating them mm -hmm. and making go hmm. Oh, wow. And David, sense. I either just agree with or don't. <laughs> uh, and I think he's more like, uh, I don't know if David's getting his mind changed either. I have my mind changed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're projecting yourself onto me. See, look at you. We're about to have a debate right now. Change no. your mind and say that you don't get your mind changed. No, I say I do get my mind changed. Yeah, I know. Which is oh, I don't get my mind changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's paradox. a paradox. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. You're right. A paradox do you, know who, is a, do you know who wins when we debate? It's the audience. That's right. Or no one. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. All right. So thank you so much, everybody who wrote in to us. Um, and we apologize so sincerely for the numerous 
numerous writers who we didn't get to. Oh, yeah. Well, get, we couldn't get to all of them. There's a lot of questions. So we thanks, had so thanks many. everybody. And we didn't delete your stuff. We still have it in our document. If this episode performs well, then maybe we'll do another one. Or maybe we'll integrate one or two of these into every show. We don't know yet, but we have your questions. You're not forgotten, and you are appreciated. We love you. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? <laughs> we love you. I'm like doing like a Care Bear. Oh, and by the way, everyone, our next episode may have a guest who Ooh. doesn't work here. Oh. So look out for that. Unknown what movie we're going to do next week, but we're always open to your suggestions. So you can hit us up on Twitter at Carpool Critics or email us at Carpool Critics Podcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to sort through some juicy, juicy emails. Also, if you watch movies on an iPod, holla at me. <laughs> If you watch me on an iPad Touch, touch me. <laughs> oh, no. Stay away. <laughs> but love oh, you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh. And and we're closing this episode out with outro music, which is our theme song, composed on a banjo by oh. our friend Gary, who sent it to us. Check it out. Gary. Love you, dude.